This is National Tea Time. Yes, God, everybody. My name is Miss Alora O'Shaughnessy. I am coming to you live from my living room. Well, not live, but you know what I mean. Today, my very special guest is none other than former Miss Gay USA newcomer 2018, Miss Ava DeLeon. How are you, Miss Ava? I'm fabulous. How are you, Laura? Thanks for having me on your show. I am fabulous. I very much appreciate you doing this. Tell my audience a little bit about yourself. Oh, well, my name is Ava DeLeon, former Miss Gay USA newcomer 2018, like she said. I'm 28 years old. I live in Dallas, Texas. I work as a cosmetologist and do hair and makeup all day, every day, and also work in the theater as a wig designer and an actor. That's what we like to hear. We love a good old working girl. Well, without further ado, let's get started. What got you interested in drag pageantry and drag in general? What were some of the inspirations to go after your dream? We'll start with drag in general. It's actually a really funny story. I did theater Mm -hmm. and I do hair and loved makeup as a kid and took dance. But freshman year of college, I had a whole bunch of girlfriends and they always wanted to go out on ladies night where it was free for girls to get in the club, but it was 20 bucks for dudes. And so I actually started going in drag so I could get in for free and still hang out with my friends. And that's where drag really started for me. And I didn't start performing until later. So that's that story. And then I started performing after that about probably, oh, I don't know, like six months later and then started doing the more performance aspect of it. So my drag was very, quote, fishy at the beginning because I, I wanted to not look like a drag queen. I just wanted to look like a girl. And I didn't look like either of those things. I was like a hot mess. And they just excuse me and let me go about my business. Well, that's true with anybody that gets in drag. Just oh, exactly. The beautiful Glamazons that we are. Oh, yes. And that's, that's so important also to remember is your first time you're not going to look perfectly sickening or exactly how you want to look. Oh, and absolutely. that's super, super important to remember. But pageantry, I did a little bar pageant in Ditton, Texas called Miss Mabel's. Um, it's a bar that no longer exists anymore. May she rest in peace. But I did a pageant there and worked really hard and prepared some things and ended up coming in last place, <laughs> deservedly last place. It was not my finest hour, but I wanted to do better. And that kind of created a little spark of let's try and do this again. And about 10 months later, I found another bar pageant where we had competed month by month and whoever wins the month ends up doing the end of year pageant. And I competed. That was where I first did the infamous Mary Poppins talent. And I won. And that really struck me. And I was like, I want to keep doing this. I really enjoyed the preparation involved and just the fun that I had competing and sharing my art with others. It pushed my limits. And that's what inspires me is to constantly push my limits. Fantastic. And I think we all should at least in some way or another in our drag experiences, push ourselves to be better and push our limits to be different and and be better. Play outside of your comfort comfort zone. Um, don't be afraid to try something new. You, just at any time, don't feel like you have to stay in a box, but also respect your boundaries as a person and don't feel like you have to do a certain style to be good. And I think that's really important. Oh, absolutely. Take time to want to be outside of your box, but know it's okay if you need to stay in a safe space for a moment. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, That brings me into my next question. 
why did you choose to compete for Miss Gay USA Newcomer to, to begin with? Like I said, I wanted to keep the pageant vibes going, I guess, coming off of that little bar win. And I looked for another right. I looked for another pageant and I found Lone Star USA Newcomer, which would be um, about two months from when I was it was in January and I was looking around in November. And I was like, oh, well, that's soon. And I kind of have everything for a package together, kind of, sort of. Newcomer, I looked at the uh, information about it. I really believed in what the system had to offer, which is growth as a safe space for training. Um, It's still a very reputable pageant. It's part of the U.S. space system, which is something that I had followed not super closely, but I had casually followed it online um, through YouTube videos and things like that. And I was interested in wanting to be a part of that. And so I threw my hat in the ring with a prelim, and that's where I went. Now, did you end up winning I that did, prelim? I did. I won by two points. Girl, I, I lost by two points. But we won't talk about that. Oh, <laughs> girl, we, we actually will talk about that. The listeners listening to this need to understand that Miss Laura O'Shaughnessy came second place to Pat Kelly, and it was a nail-biter of a pageant. And... The year before. Oh, yeah. I was definitely biting my nails oh, off. <laughs> I'm pretty sure mine fell off. But um, the year before, how did you place at nationals overall the year before? The year before was my second year. I think I placed 29th or 31st or something like that. You were, you were in the lower, like the lower half, yeah. right? Like in the middle, yeah. middle to lower. Yeah. And then this next year, you had such huge growth. And that's the biggest thing about pageants in general, especially newcomer, is how you can do one year and then see all this growth in people the next year. And being able to watch you at your prelim for Arkansas was one of the most exciting things that I got to do that year. Oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, I really did put a lot of my heart and soul into that prelim. And it um, showed. And nationals. And um, I, I, my mindset was just to prove everybody that I can be the person that I truly know I can be. But we're not talking about me. We're talking about you. So <laughs> your your thought process when it came to preparing for nationals, what was that thought process? And what was it like preparing for nationals in your home state? Uh, so my experience probably mm-hmm. isn't the norm, but I'm still going to share it. Uh I wasn't 185% certain of what the formality of preparing mm-hmm. for nationals was or entailed. And so when I went to compete for my prelim uh, for Lone Star USA Newcomer, I knew that there was another step, but I didn't know if it was going to state, if it was going to nationals. I didn't quite understand the difference between a local and a regional pageant yet, but it was my first year again newcomers about mm-hmm. learning these things that's why we do what we do so the thought process was one why did lone star it was close it was only about i lived in Denton, and it was in dallas which is only about a 45 minute drive so it was close and it was happening soon which um, meant that if i did go to nationals i would have plenty of time i had seven months to prepare for a national and I really just wanted to go and have fun. And as I like to call it, play dress up with my friends, as everybody knows, I like to have a lot of backup dancers. And Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, so it, it was just, um, that was, so that was picking my prelim and then preparing for nationals. I just wanted to showcase what I enjoyed doing 
which is telling stories with musical theater mm -hmm. and looking as pretty as I possibly could and representing myself and what I hold true to my truths and values and presenting that in an honest way. And I just worked on doing that. And it showed, I mean, for one, you won, and it showed that you genuinely had fun on stage. Let's skip to nationals. Let's skip to the final night. They are announcing the top 12. Your name is called. What's going through your head during that, the, that significant moment in the competition? Like, I had to pee so bad. <laughs> for real. I was, ex I, was, I was super excited. Like, let me tell you, I was well, very excited. I mean, hey. <laughs> but the only thing going through my head was, do not get too excited. Do not jump in down maintain composure or you will wet your panties well okay let's be honest i think we would all be in that situation <laughs> so i was trying it was so hard to hold it thank god i was wearing a 1950s outfit with a huge uh crinoline and petticoat so just in case nothing would have happened but let me tell you the minute they called it they said we could leave the stage <laughs> i booked it straight to the bathroom because i had to and go, I, remember, I remember that outfit because we were all wearing plaid yes red and black plaid yes, yes. for Demita's theme for bears we were lumberjack realness Personally, i loved my outfit but yours um anai norel i think is her name oh it was sick oh my god with oh, that hat and those beautiful sleeves. there's a reason she wins most beautiful every damn year she is one of my favorites i freaking no and we love her because <laughs> she is so freaking mm -hmm. beautiful okay the competition is over you've done your your best they're announcing the top five and it mm -hmm. gets down to second and first runner up what are you thinking what's going through your mind do you think you've got this in the bag are you thinking the or are you thinking the absolute worst has happened and you've made you placed 12th I was pretty neutral in my brain. Um, I knew I had won. I knew that I won interview in my small group for right. Freeland. So I knew I had a relatively good interview score. Oh. I didn't know where I placed among the pack, but I knew I had a good interview score. And I knew that I was very proud of my talent. And so I was very pumped with talent. I thought I was really thinking first or second in talent. And then when it came to gown, I knew that was my downfall because I knew coming off the stage, I knew coming off the stage after gown, I walked by uh, one of my friends and they told me, which w word of advice to friends of people competing in pageants, do not give critiques during a pageant. You will mess up someone's psyche so bad. And the person should have told me, you look beautiful, but your gown is wrinkly as hell. No, man. And it was. It, 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 there were wrinkles in it. That fabric, we steamed and ironed it. There were four people in the dressing room with steamers under my dress to get wrinkles out. And you could, and it was perfect. And you took a step and coughed, and it was wrinkly again. It was bad fabric. Oof. But that's okay. And so that was going through my brain. I was like, okay, that was where I had no clue what was going to happen. And so I was really just top five. I was really hoping for fourth alternate. That's where my brain was. And right. I was like, fourth alternate, and we're who good. Plays fourth? I think. Macy Adonis. Macy Adonis. Yeah, Macy Adonis plays fourth overall. 
which the is, Arkansas I mean, at the top making making top five and or top twelve and top five are fantastic. Oh, especially with by themselves, especially with the specialty that USA Newcomer does, where the top five get to go on a, a tour um, in oh, January, absolutely. and so there's a huge. The huge placing bonus, I'll say, for being able to make the five. So it, it was such a big thing. And, yeah, so sitting there, and they were going down. They were going down. They hadn't announced me yet. And they got to second alternate, and my name wasn't called. And so at that point, I was like, okay, I think I got first alternate. I really think I got first alternate. They were about right. to announce it, and I take a deep breath. And you can actually watch it on the video when they announced Sable City's name for first alternate instead of mine, I actually took a step because I just assumed they were going to say my name. And I slightly backed up. I was like, wait, that wasn't my name. Oh, I'll have to go back and watch that. <laughs> and I was sitting there. I was like, okay. The first thing that popped in my head was I realized that they said Sable's name. And I looked and I literally turned to the person next to me and said, then who is one? Because all my right. eggs were in Sable's basket. I was so impressed with her, and she was so nice to me and to everybody. And I thought she was amazing. And so I was so confused. And at that point, I just kind of tuned out a little bit. And I was like, okay, well, I didn't win. Who won? Because I didn't think I won. And then they announced my name, and it was insane. I, I was just like, oh, my God, what's happening? Let's get to the moment you won. What was actually going through your mind when they said Ava de Leon for Miss Gay USA Newcomer 2018? The I have to pee situation. Um, <laughs> I didn't have to pee at that point, thank God. But I realized walking to center stage to be crowned, my wig wasn't pinned in all the way. <gasps> no. And I literally look at Tonica Cavalli and said, Please pin my hair in before you pin the crown in, or I will be snatched bald. Oh no! That's what she did. She <laughs> she jabbed me with all of her life, and that thing stayed on. And I was so nervous. I wore a strapless, sweetheart-lined ball gown, and it was heavy, and mm -hmm. it was super glued onto my chest because I hadn't eaten all week because I was scared I wouldn't fit in my gown and actually lose too much weight, and my gown was too big. I was so nervous it was going to fall down. And so the entire time I was like telling people to help me adjust and pull up. And th so all I could think about were, were the physical things that had to happen. I wasn't really able to emotionally process anything until all the photos were done. And, and I was still ex super excited, uh, but it was very much make sure you're smiling, make sure you're telling people thank you. And just trying to not, cry my eyes out and ruin my makeup for all these beautiful photos and then i finally was able to be right. super excited and got a little emotional when we started doing my crowning number which was don't rain on my parade from funny girl and my mom hugs me and i lost oh that's where lost everybody lost it <laughs> cried like a baby it's no secret that your final night talent is Absolutely sickening. I think it was heard all over the night nation when you did Thank your you. Mary Poppins uh, talent. But I have to ask, why Mary Poppins? Is there a significant feeling or reason reasoning that you had for doing Mary Poppins? Who doesn't love Julie Andrews? Like, let's be honest. Well, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, to, and to be fair, I didn't do Julie's version of Mary. I. Um, there's a snippet of the movie in there, but I did the Broadway production. Mm -hmm. I 
I always loved the movie as a kid, um, but about four or five years before I won Newcomer, 2014 or 15, I had done a production of Mary Poppins, and I was in the ensemble. That show was just really special to me, getting to work with um, so many friends and so many people I worked with on that show. I still hang out with, still do theater with them to this day. At oh, thank amazing. you. And we, it was just a really good family, and I enjoyed doing, I enjoyed performing Super Cal at this when I was in the show. And I knew, I knew the choreography. I knew I could teach it to people that didn't know it. And I, it's also, it gives you a little bit of nostalgia because it's Mary Poppins, because it's the Broadway version, it's a little different. So it gives you something to, right. to expect and not expect and has a little bit of that vintage quality. And so I wanted to play with that. And I re- constantly refer to myself as a Mary Poppins of drag because my car is full of shit. And if you need something, people be like, I need an umbrella. <laughs> Bitch, I got 12. I need a ponytail. I got it. Yes. I need a vacuum cleaner with a um, suction attachment. Girl, I got it. Like, um, I would die if you pulled a actual I'm vacuum I'm pretty cleaner sure there's one in my car right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm so positive. Oh, my and God. And so that... I, I really feel a connection with Mary and I, I just love her. I think she um, is very no nonsense, but fun at the same time. And she's very kind. And that's right. something I wanted to portray. Right. It was a big production. Do you feel like the, the bigger the production, the more of a like up you have in a competition or vice versa? Could it, could it be a big production, but be completely and utterly um, awful? <laughs> Like, yeah. do you feel like your production gave you a luck up in the competition? my production, um, yes and no. I will say yes, because like everybody else's, but also mine, mine, it was well rehearsed. It was clean and put together. So, mm-hmm. yes, and it was it was performed well. And so, yes, it did have a leg up because of those things. Just on its own as being a big production number, no, I do not think I had a, had a leg up. There were six or seven other big production numbers in the top five in the top 12 um oh, and yeah. four of the top five were big production numbers so um no I, I don't think it gave me an advantage just because of numbers i definitely think it may have helped with energy on mm-hmm. stage and feeding the audience but as far as just numbers alone having a leg up i don't think right. that had an effect and in pageantry in general, there are amazing solo talent entertainers, and so many have won. And so you can still win oh, with absolutely. a solo talent. And there are several solo productions that I remember oh, more so sometimes than big productions. Specifically this year in Newcomer, Maddie Morphosis, Top 12, did a entire pantomime oh, drumming that was ta- talent by herself on stage no lip syncing. It was her no lip sync and a broom. Nothing. And it was one of the best things I have seen. Yes. Um, and I remember on the that. same token, Regina Lynn Taylor doing um, surprise party as Sue like that. It like there are so many things. You oh, can yeah, do yeah, that yeah. Solo that are just as sickening as a big production talent. It just depends on if you're one, if you're having fun, if you're rehearsed, and if you're engaged in entertaining. 
those are the talents that have leg ups in competitions. Right. It has nothing Absolutely. to do with how many people you have on stage or what you look like. And spoiler on the what you look like, my entire production uh, with all my dancers and my things included, I think I spent $150 on my talent for final night. What? Everything was thrift store. They were chimney sweeps. They didn't need to be fancy. And it, again, depends on what your talent is doing. If you're doing a big, glitzy production number, you're probably going to have dresses and costumes and things. But you don't need that to have an, an entertaining package. No, 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 no. I agree. I do agree. So do you feel like your uh, background in theater has helped you in your advancement in drag? Oh, I, I completely agree. I think being trained really helps. Now, raw talent, you can't fight that. There are girls that have not a look of training, have never been in a dance class, never taken an acting lesson, but they are the most entertaining and energetic and amazing entertainers on stage. But for me, I don't think if I would have had that training, I would be able to do what I do, which is a lot of the time I do a lot of comedy and I do a lot of storytelling and I like to interact with my audiences. I'm not a dancing queen by any stretch of imagination. I can do choreography, but I'm not a bucker, like, at all. So I, I definitely think it helped me find something in myself that was more inter- that was entertaining, right. that wasn't just bucking, because um, that's not what I do. And so I, I'd been taking dance classes since I was six. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was in theater, show choir, choir, band, color guard, all the faggoty things in high school. And so I was basically bred to be a drag queen. So with all those things, it just kind of helped give me confidence on stage and learning how to have stage presence. Right. And from then, that kind of helped mold Ava. But I think if I don't have, if I hadn't had those things, I don't think I'd be as successful as I am. Right. So yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. So during your reign, what were some of the hardships you encountered? What aspects of your life changed from that moment? Ooh. Um, maintaining relationships with friends and family and significant others was really hard. Because you're gone a lot. Um, I think I added it up. And during my reign, days where I was, like, away from my home doing U.S. Today thing, related things, I think I was gone 135 days. Oof. And so it, it, it was hard um, being away for so long. But I had really good friendships and phone calls all the time and texting and talking to people really helped me remember to stay rooted. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't get to spend quality time with my friends like I had. And so that was really hard. I'm, I'm a big extrovert. I like spending time with people, which is also why quarantine right now with a little Miss Rona is a little difficult for me personally, too. But um, that's that's one big thing. And also dealing I was I won on my first year. Mm-hmm. I was very, very new to pageantry, extremely new and that's why I did newcomers so I could learn what a rain entailed, how to rain and things like that. Right. And that was hard. Um, specifically, it was hard dealing with a lot of negative feedback from people that didn't think I deserved to win or didn't, even if I didn't, even if I deserved a win, did I deserve the rain? And if I knew how to rain and I just got a lot of harsh criticism, especially newcomer people don't, 
think of that as being a national title or deserving of the same respect as other systems. For anybody out there who thinks that Newcomer is not a real title, you need to go watch the national pageant then, period. I won my year, but this past year, I honestly think if I competed, I don't know if I would have made the 12 this year because there was so much amazing freaking talent this year. And we also have the largest national pageant in newcomer history. And I want to say of all systems in at least the last five years, I could be wrong, but I at least know in the US of A system, we have the most contestants in recent years. So there, there was a tons of contestants. All the scores were extremely oh, close. We had an amazing <laughs> and sickening uh, panel of judges, three of right. which were current US of A national title holders. That was Kennedy Davenport, Stacey Holiday, and uh, Ryan Shore. Yeah. And we also had LaWanda Jackson, Jack Nielsen. There were two more. Vivica O. No, Eva. Uh, it was an Ava. It was an Ava, Eva. Angelica Stratton? From Arizona. I cannot remember her name. And then Cassandra. Okay. Yes, it was Eva Angelica Stratton. I believe that. And then Cassandra. Girl, maybe Cassandra. I understand. I can't remember. <laughs> I have slept since then and had a lot of gin and tonic. So I don't remember. Oh, who was that? <laughs> Everybody. I remember she did uh, Selena and okay. tore the I'll, house I'll, down. That's I'll, what I'll I remember. I'll have to look up that later. To be determined, everybody. To be determined. But again, with all that said, it's a hard system to win. And even just to make the 12 in, it's just as hard as any other system. So I think it's important for people to know that newcomer is, right, yes, absolutely. we are new. We are not babies. We are not we're just fresh. We're, we're fresh and new. We are not inexperienced with at least entertaining. We are not Absolutely. dumb and we are not invalid. And I think that's very important for people to know. And yes, I, there were things I learned and had to learn and find out and figure out for myself and make mistakes and learn from them. But that's called life and everybody does that. But you, you also have a close knit group of sisters who have been in your shoes who know what it's like to rank oh exactly that's what your formers are for is to make sure that you are well prepared and if you have questions or concerns you talk to them and use your resources and your national promoter in any system um ask questions that's that's big advice from miss ava de Leon to any of you ask questions if someone's mad at you for asking a question they're dumb because that just means you want to, one, you're valuing their opinion, so they should respect you for respecting their opinion. And two, you're showing growth. And none of those things are wrong. Absolutely. I agree 100%. So let's talk about your mom for a second. Oh, God. Judy uh, should have brought her on. Oh, that would be funny. <laughs> Let me three-way call her in real quick. Right. <laughs> No, I'm so kidding. She would be so embarrassed. But we all know that your mom is your biggest Oh my God, supporter. she's my best friend. I love but, that woman. But we, as you've told us, you were gone for, what, 165 days out of the year? 135. 135. What are the things that helped you keep focused during your reign while your mom couldn't be with you? Um. Well, for one, my mom is always with me. She's like Jesus. She's in my heart. Right, uh, and right, right. Also on my phone. But when I would, wasn't physically able to be with her, 
when I'm traveling, you're meeting a whole bunch of new queens and right. new sisters. You're seeing old friends that you competed with before. You're seeing, meeting your promoters that you know. So you still, no matter where you're going, you still have family with you. And that's something that I was frequently reminded of and also reminded myself that when I was feeling lonely in these new places that I had never been before, I had family with me. And that's something that you should always remember, especially in pageantry. We always talk about how big sisterhood is. Right. And sometimes it comes across as cliche, but it's it's true. I know that I can go to almost any state and find family there. Right. Absolutely. I, I agree. How was working with all the different promoters? How many prelims did you have? 23. 20, so you had to deal with 20. Well, okay. About 22 Some, promoters? Twenty. No, I had 20. Well, because some prelims have more than one promoter. Some right. have four promoters. So I think there are, the year I did it, I think as far as individual promoters, there's like 38. Wow. Individual people. Okay. But I loved getting to meet all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, each one of them had something individual and different to add to the system and they all have different personalities and that's one thing you need is as a reigning queen oh absolutely is to be able to handle all different personalities it was it, it was just it's fun it was fun getting to talk to them seeing what their experience with the system was hearing their advice that they would give to me and also just being able to share that family attachment with each other and what they had to bring to newcomer and so I really enjoyed working with promoters. Uh, there are some that were more really hands-on promoters that I got to work with right. more. And I got to watch. There were some that were hand, more hands-off. And both work. It just depends on what their style of promoting right. is. And so it's, it's, it's just nice getting to know all different kinds of people. Do you have any sig- significant advice you can give to any future promoter as from the perspective of a title holder? Yes. A couple of things. One, definitely have a specific reason for why you want to promote and why you want to promote in whatever system you pick. There needs to be a reason that is something other than using this to make money. Because nine times out of ten, a promoter usually doesn't make money off of their pageants. Sometimes they break even. Sometimes they lose a little. Sometimes they do make a profit. There needs to be something other than that in your heart or mind to mm-hmm. be a promoter that's going to push you other than a dollar amount because that's where you're going to find more genuine promoters and you care about your work other than right. you caring about a profit. You really need to care about the people involved, not just your bank account, which both are important. Both are very important, but that's something I would recommend. The next thing is being prepared. Know what you need to have at your prelim. Know how everything works. If you don't know these things or have questions, ask your national office. Ask your reigning queen for help. Ask another promoter that you admire or encouraged you to join the system. Find your support group and ask those questions and get feedback and create a team. Just because you, even if you're the only promoter, you can still have a team of people helping you put your, your prelim together, which a lot of people do. It, it takes a village to raise a drag queen, y'all. Very that. Exactly. 
Um, so just being prepared is so, so important. Being prepared and staying on schedule and on task. Know what time your, your registration is going to be. Start your registration meeting at the time that it's announced. Same with interviews. Start interview at the time it's going to be announced. Check in with your judges. Make sure they're there at least 30 minutes before an interview needs to happen. Make sure that rehearsals for talent go smoothly and everything is in a timely process. So queens can get in and out in a timely fashion so they can start prepping for the evening. Right. Make sure you have enough time between registration and interview before the pageant starts for your contestants to get ready. An hour and a half is not enough time, especially because we do not require a contestant to get ready in drag. A lot of people have to get in face, and that takes a minute. Oh, yeah. And so I would say give at least three hours just so there's cushion time, especially if you're having them traveling from a hotel to to the venue because you need to account for traffic. Scheduling and being prepared and organized is really, really important. Also, have fun while you're doing it. Don't stress over the little details, especially if it's your first year promoting. Things are going to mess up, even for the most organized of people. So just have fun and enjoy what you're doing and making sure that you're having a good time and enjoying promoting the system. Absolutely. And to quote Miss Mia Inez Adams. Oh, I love her. Pay your girls. Pay, Pay your girls. your girls. Absolutely. Because if you don't pay your girls, your girls are not going to show up. Exactly. And then who's going to look bad? You. So, Absolutely. Yes. So that's that's the biggest thing. Hold, like, Be organized. Be prepared. Ask your questions. Know the reason why you're wanting to promote a system and have a regional or a state, whatever promote, prelim you want to have. And also uphold your end of your responsibilities and agreements. That's Absolutely. very important. Absolutely. And I think that goes that goes with any any kind of promoter, whether it be regional, state, and, or national. And it goes with and it goes with your title holders too. Oh, to absolutely. Anything you say you're gonna do or ask to do. Just be reliable. That's that's the biggest thing in in, in anything in life in general. Be a reliable person. Because essentially when you compete for a pageant, you're applying for a job. And when you apply for a job and you get that job, you are responsible to your part of the Absolutely. Bargain. 110%. And that is why, fun fact, that is why after you win, uh, specifically you as a newcomer, um, you get to have mm -hmm. fun. You hang out after after the pageant's over. You clean up your stuff out of the bar. And you go back to Daryl Newman's hotel room with a friend so they can notarize and witness you signing a contract. That is literally like 20 something pages long and takes three hours to get through because you have to read every oh single line, ask questions about what each thing means, and make sure that you are aware of what you're signing up for. And you also, and there's just a lot of paperwork to fill out. They take it very seriously. It is like filling out a full job agreement. And so that is, it, we do not play games. We have a contract that we have to uphold and we do it with vim and vigor. And, and I'm I'm sure Daryl is not an easy boss at all. Daryl specifically demands a lot from his title holders, specifically because he knows that our system gets shit because we're newcomers. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He demands and expects perfection every step of the way. But he will be the first person to defend you if anyone comes at you 
If you have questions, he will make sure you have the answers. He will take care of you, and he will be your friend. And I think that is how any promoter, no matter if you're a local, state, regional, or national level, that is what a promoter should be, is your boss and also your resources. Absolutely. What was the best piece of advice you received during your reign as Miss Gay USA Newcomer 2018? I'm going to cheat on this one because the best piece of advice I received for my reign actually came a few days before I won. Uh, Oh, From another contestant. It actually came came from Miss Fable Cities on our very first night of preliminaries on Monday night. We were all waiting out in the -hmm. little foyer of the bar waiting to be checked in. I think you were standing beside me too. I remember because we had white evening evening gown that night and I had my hair done and my makeup done and I felt pretty. I remember because I I looked around I was like, oh, she already Thank you. And I I was (laughs) I felt really pretty. I gown is not my strong suit. It wasn't my strong suit. I love it now. Well, it wasn't my strong suit that <laughs> so year either. I was either. really nervous, and I wanted to be as ready as possible. So I was full-bodied out, padded, tights, ready. But I wore, mm-hmm. I think I was wearing, like, house shoes and a really nice bathrobe um, to go in. It was a oh, pink, yeah, floral, that's right. really pretty bathrobe, but it was a bathrobe nonetheless. And... All, right. I just kept seeing all the other girls coming in, and they had t- full-on tipping looks and beautiful dresses and things you would go out in. And me being the theater kid that I am, I'm like, okay, I'm back. I'm I'm still in backstage mode, prepping for a show. I'm not on stage yet. And one thing that Sable told me: no matter what you're doing or where you are, always be raining and act like you have the job you want. And that stuck with me all year was to remember no matter where I was, who I was talking to, that I'm raining. No matter if I'm in drag, out of drag, at a bar, hanging with my friends, always be raining. And that that is such a strong piece of advice. And let me tell you, that night after we got – after I got out of gown, I put my boy clothes back on because I had – I came in pad and body, but with my robe, and then I put shorts and a T-shirt on with no hair and still in face and was walking around the bar, and I ran into Kenny Davenport, and she said, what are you doing? Why are you dressed like this? This is not what we do. And this is before she was even running for US of A. She was just there. Oh, she had yeah, that little she had booth, a booth didn't she? Um, promoting herself and her shows, and uh, she was just like, this is – and I knew her kind of because she's a Dallas queen – but we didn't have a mm-hmm. friendship at the po- at that point in time. But she was like, no, no, you need right. to dress like the part. Dress like the job you're trying to get. And I said, okay. So literally that next day I went to like Forever 21 or something and found like a couple little cocktail dresses that I could throw together and just have something to tip in because I didn't know I needed those things because, again, had never competed before. And so it, those were big pieces of advice that stuck with me because not only were they advice for the week, but it was advice for life. And I, I really respected and appreciated that. I, will, I do have to say, I remember that pink robe and me looking back going, 
while her face is I'm pretty, pretty sure you were in a t-shirt and sweatpants, friend, with no hair on. <laughs> I was, too. I was, too. But my, I didn't. I don't even think I was fully painted, was I? I think you were. I don't remember. I remember you were holding your hair, and it was gorgeous. Oh, that gigantic yes. piece of hair. Okay. Yep, I was wearing a t-shirt and, and pants, and I thought, well, at least she came more comfortable than I am. Well, I too. wasn't comfortable. She's wearing I wasn't a robe, but at least I, I have clothes on. But I had, a, I had a robe on. But it was fine. I mean, you know, we look back on things, and it's like, in the moment, you're like, okay, but we look back on things, and it's like, it can, I think it's funny now laughing about it. Like, I didn't know. It, I, w- I was really green. I didn't, didn't know. And now I do. And and I and I should be a little ashamed of myself because it was my second year. And I still <laughs> I was still walking around like that. <laughs> it's all I right. Think I think after a gown, I got into a tip around. But I was like, oh, that might get judged. They're not going to watch least, me walk in. At least you were smart putting a tip around after a gown. I put on boy clothes. And I said, no, ma'am. Oh, God. Yep. Because I, I put, my dresser was like full on made me put on a tip around. So I was like, I'm, I, I'm smart. I brought one. <laughs> Fun fact, my dresser for nationals had never dressed before. Never dressed someone before. And was my was literally just my boyfriend's roommate at the time. And I just needed somebody, and he filled in. And his his name's Jared. I hope you're listening. Uh, I love him very, very much. And he has become like my right hand man when it comes to drag now. And almost everywhere I go, he is there, and I bounce ideas off of him. And we've both grown in what we want to do. And I I'm really happy for him uh, now. So that's fantastic. I, I think I've used the same dresser the past two years and a different dresser the first year. But I've definitely found the one person that I'm completely comfortable with um, when it comes to any kind of pageant. What is a critique that you received from any judge that made you push yourself to be better? Oh, God. Interview, uh, relax. Just relax and have, have fun and breathe and be professional, but don't be stiff and just fill the room and know that they're there wanting you to succeed. They're not there to judge you. They are there to support you. That is something that um, I was told was just to relax and breathe and, and just, yeah, chill. Absolutely. Um, another one. Yeah. Another one is <laughs> don't buy store-bought off the hanger dresses and expect to win count. <laughs> Nuh-uh. Oh, my God. If y'all could have seen the first dress that I wore at my prelim. Oh, my God. I liked it. It was a cute show gown, mm-hmm. but it did not. It was a little too short. It just, it didn't, it was just, it was what it was, and it was what I could afford, and then we learned. So, I, um, yeah, definitely invest in, find the area that you are the weakest in or that you do not feel strong in. And invest in that area. Right. Um, that, that's a big one. And I knew that gown was something I really needed to take time and dedication on perfecting. And I got a gown for prelim night. Uh, I rented it from another queen. And, and you wore we did a, a few alterations. And AB, so it fit right? me. For, for prelim? It was crystal and ruby. Crystal and ruby. I don't know why I thought it was pink. There's there's fabric on it that is a lighter mm-hmm. red. A lot of people think um, it also had rose gold beading on oh, it, and so that created a little okay. bit of a pink, 
It was a Sasha Lauren dress. Okay. I remember that now. It was a Sasha Lauren that I had rented from Jenna Sky. And I I put it on and I felt so damn good. Oh, absolutely. I had, I had never felt pretty in in a gown before or in drag. Really, I, I felt I was always the fun comedy girl. And so being able to look in the mirror for that first time and feel pretty, um, I remember looking in the mirror and it was right when the I was co- the first contestant of the night, of the whole week, actually. And the overture started playing, which they always do the gypsy mm-hmm. overture, which is six and a half minutes of loveliness. Right. For those that aren't familiar with the story of a gypsy, crazy stage mom, has two girls, one is trying to raise them as vaudeville performers, one leans, the other one sticks around and basically is forced to become a stripper. And she's not the pretty girl. She has no stage presence. And one night she just puts on a dress and is forced to go out and strip. And she becomes Gypsy Rose Lee. And she's stunning and beautiful. And one of my favorite lines from that show is, I'm a pretty girl, mama. And she's always been a pretty girl, but she finally felt it. And when I listened to that overture and looking in, I had a very retro 1940s, 1950s up-to yes, mm-hmm. style wig. The dress fit really well. And I just told myself, you are Gypsy Rosalie tonight. You are not Ava. Go out there and give them full yes. transactions. And I gave them baby deer on the runway. <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> I, I made it through and definitely won the most improved for a gown. Um, by final night, so that that um, I was not the best gown final night, but definitely the most improved from what prelim. So that was that was fun. So it, that was a really fun moment. Oh, I bet it was. I think was that the year I wore my purple and pink gown? I do believe I did. It was. It was, and no was, one could understand was. why I wore a Morgan Wells stone gown. Girl, you here's the thing. You got it. Get what is in your budget and within your wheelhouse and sell it. Like, I've seen gowns that are thousands and thousands of dollars do poorly. Oh, and I've seen gowns that are a couple hundred that do amazing. So, hey, at least I it, didn't it come, really in, depends. come in last an evening gown that year. <laughs> you know, that this is true. This is true. But at the same time, someone has to come in first, someone has to come in the middle, and someone has oh, to come absolutely. in last place. Absolutely. So don't let don't let scores dictate who you are or what you right. do. What is your favorite memory while you were reigning? Are there any embarrassing, funny moments that you would like to share? Oh, God. Um, we'll start with my favorite memory mm-hmm. and then go to the funny ones because those, those could be a story time. Uh, favorite memory step down week of nationals when I was giving up, it was Tuesday, the second night. And we opened, I, I opened the pageant um, that night with a duet mm-hmm. between myself and my biological right. mother. And we, I put her, her in full high whore drag. We looked like twins. We wore little white and blue floral dresses with matching hair, shoes, jewelry, accessories, shoes, whole nine yards. And we did Sisters from White Christmas and I Will Never Leave You from Sideshow. And for a solid five and a half minutes, the world was quiet. And I got to have fun with my mother and do something special with her. Because 
I was raining. And because my, this art form and craft that I had spent so much time working on, I got to create a moment for myself with my mom to share something we'd wanted to do for a long time, which is perform together. My mom's a singer. She's a trained opera singer. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. That's And we had never, (laughs) thank you. And we had never performed together. Like, I think we have sung in a choir together in Mm -hmm. church, but we had never done a duet together. We'd never performed. And so it was really fun to be, my even though it was Ava, I was still my authentic self and getting to see her and just share something that was so passionate. We both loved those songs we were performing to so much because Sisters is just funny and it is very my mom is my sister. Like she's my best right. friend. And with I Will Never Leave You just always gonna be there. It was just such a special moment. And then realizing at the end of it that the entire bar was in tears and super happy for us and we did it they made us do an encore of it again which is really fun and so that was probably my favorite memory of my entire reign was getting to share a special moment with my mother and then piggybacking on that another favorite moment Mm -hmm. that I will never trade for anything was being able to travel the U.S. and seeing and going to all my prelims and seeing how drag changed so vastly from region to region and state to state and that's something you just don't think about. Mm. I'm a Dallas girl, so I'm like, Dallas drag is what I know. Right. And then going to other places and seeing what other regions value in their drag. Some people are more about the look. Some are more about the entertainment. Some are more about both. Some don't care as long as you're funny. It, it, it's really cool, and everything is valid. Oh, All yeah. of those things are valid. And so it's so cool to see based on where you live, what you identify with in drag. And I thought that was that was really cool. And that's something I don't think I would have known or understood as much as I do now if I hadn't had that experience. And so that's another favorite opportunity that I got to do. As far as funny stories, oh, God, uh, the Top 5 Tour, mm-hmm. just that's all I got to say <laughs> is the Top 5 Tour. The, those involved, specifically Kansas, Top five tour in Kansas. Those involved know. Those that aren't involved don't need to Ooh. know. But that was probably one of the most hilarious <laughs> and wackadoo days of my life. Um, so who? Okay, so the top five tour was you, Tiger Solari, Macy Adonis, uh, Marilyn, Marilyn Williams, Williams and Sable and Cities. Yes. Yep, me, Sable Tiger, Marilyn, and Macy. In that order. <laughs> me, Sable Tiger. Yes, me, Sable Tiger, Marilyn, Macy. Yes, that's yes. And Daryl. Well, obviously. He's got it. Driving a van trying to kill us Well, I've heard the stories. (laughs) Love you, Daryl. Another funny. (laughs) We do love Papa Daryl so much. Daryl Ann. But um, another funny story. We were. (laughs) um, It was for uh, Miss Gay USA 2019 Mm -hmm. final Mm -hmm. night. Um, All the title holders were in this one big dressing room backstage of the Southside Ballroom. Mm -hmm. And we were getting our looks together. And I didn't know what looked best on me or which one I should, what dress I should wear for the Royal Walk at the beginning or for crowning at the end, like what I needed. Right. And so Tommy Ross was there, the infamous and legendary Tommy Ross. Because ah, she's, she's a former, celebrating her 30 yes. years, her 30th year. And she was there, and it was me, her, 
Dustin Riot and Freddie Prince Charming. Mm-hmm. And we were, I was showing her my dresses and we were, she, uh, they wanted us to wear, it was Greek goddess, a Greek mythology, Greek goddess type theme. And we, they wanted us to wear gold or white. Mm -hmm. Well, I had a white gown, but it was actually cream. And it would look dirty if I wore it with everybody else wearing white on stage. And so Tommy was like, wear that for crowning. And she was like, what's your other dress? And I was like, well, it's rose gold, not gold. Oh, my God. And so Tommy Ross was like, oh, that's perfectly fine. Your backstory is that you're on an island outside of Greece. And and depending on your hierarchy in the system depends on what shade of gold you wear. If you're of the lower class or whatever, you're still like white gold. And then if you're young, newer newer royalty than your rose gold and the older more than yours the gold gold and that did this whole like backstory of what different shades of gold were to this wow. mythological random made up world that she just created and she's like there's your backstory justified wear the gold gown you look pretty. oh my god and when tommy <laughs> ross tells you you look pretty you take that compliment you look pretty mm-hmm. And you run, and it, and as me, Freddie, and Dustin were in the floor rolling, because and and people would just walk in, and we were just all in hysterics, like what's going on? And we're like, uh, Miss Tommy is telling a story, and y'all need to listen to it. And Miss Tommy Ross was just like, nope, it was just for them. Y'all don't need to be bothered. Uh, move on, move wow. along. And we're like, oh my god. So okay, that brings me to another question. So, when it ca- you, yeah. you you have to be involved with all these other national pageants, and you you're you have to um, communicate with the other national title holders. Who were you closer with? Were you closer with like say MI and MI Classic and Diva, or were you closer to Mister Gay USA USA or Mister Gay USA at large? I really created a good friendship with all of them. Really. Um... Shavana mm-hmm. Brooks and oh my god, I'm blanking. Why is this happening to me? Janet. Oh god, Janet oh, okay. Andrews. <laughs> I, I was like, I kept, which title, I honey? Fierce, I kept just thinking Fierce Andrews, and I'm like, that's not it. It's Janet <laughs> Fierce Andrews. But anyway, but yes, Janet, Shavana, mm-hmm. and I traveled a lot. And okay, yeah, because because a lot of prelims they're mashed together. USA, they double or triple up. Uh, yes, at large and newcomer all triple up together. A lot of the times. And so, yes. Oh, yes. And Shivana was just really down to earth and chill and talked to me like she knew me for 58 years and just really was like, you're baby sister and we don't go and fuck this up today. And then Janet was just really helpful with just being my friend and letting me knew that, letting me know that she supported me. And that was really nice because I needed a little bit of encouragement at the beginning of my reign. But after that, it was like after a couple months, it was super easy. Right. And they were, I knew that they all had my back. But Miss Tasha Long, I will say. Who was Miss Gay USA re- Classic 2018? She was yes, okay. USA Classic 2018. And she called me her, her baby. She wouldn't let nobody talk to oh. me. She or talked bad to me. She was like, "You are not going to mess with my little baby over here." Whenever um, Stacy Holiday won classic and she stepped down, she straight up after the thing, she grabbed Stacy and looked at, and pointed to me. She's like, "This is our baby girl," and don't let anything happen oh. to her. And um, so it was really nice. 
as far as having relationships. Well, I had relationships with all of them, Ryan and uh, Angel. Mm-hmm. were so sweet. I wept like a baby when both of them swept, stepped down. Um, I went to the, after I stepped down, mm-hmm. they stepped down, and this were all supportive. They were all able to come to my step down. Glam was really kind to me and really nice. And the good thing is I got to, because of how we don't all get it at the same time, it's throughout the year. And so I got to share half my year with 2018 MI Divan Classic and then with the 2019 MI Divan Classic. And right. specifically, D'Angelo was a 2018 um, USMI yep. And he actually performed in my opening number for US of A, a newcomer. Uh, he did a little rap section as that's... Sebastian. Oh, yeah, that's right. I and remember that. I was wondering why he was there, and I'm like, oh, he that's I, why he's here. He and I got really, really close. I really supported him. or He really supported me, and I supported him and really, really cared and knew that he cared about me. And then when... Um, the switchover happened, uh, then Dustin and Freddie came along. I mm-hmm. love those two more than oh, they're amazing so much. I talk to them like as much as I can, a few times a month. But we talk. Unfortunately, their prelim or their national step down got postponed, and right was supposed to happen this coming week. And I was actually going to open yep. with Freddie. I was going to oh, I was really? Gonna the opening production number. Spoiler, sorry for those listening, um, but. We can edit that yeah. out. It's no, it's, <laughs> we don't have to. I don't. I think it'll be okay. But I really, those two became my friends. And I, there were so many times where we were at the different nationals, and we would hang out. Um, I'm from Dallas, and all the nationals happen in Dallas. And so mm-hmm. whenever they came into town or here for prelims, I would drive them around. During Mr. US of A, Dustin stayed at my house while I stayed at the hotel because I was dressing a contestant. And we just got mm. really close. And so, honestly, well, I have stories with all of them. And then Stacy Holiday and Kennedy are Dallas girls. And right. I got a ring with them for a short period of time. And they were really kind. Kennedy, especially, like, we, she really helped me grow. And we had some mm. really good conversations with each other and disagreements. And that's fine, but like we we were able to work through that and be humans because you don't have to agree with everything everyone says. But as long as you're discussing right. things in a professional manner, it'll be okay. And so, honestly, it was a whole family. Like there was no no one person stood out more than the other. It was just one big old family, and that's one, one reason why I love USA so much because there's nine divisions, and that's eight more family members you get that get to spend a year with you. Right. That's that's amazing. I've always. That's that's part of the reason why I want to go after my dream is to be a part of a bigger family like that. This is another important question that I'm trying to ask everybody that I do this with. What did you learn about traveling with your drag and your crown? Because everybody has a different way they travel with their drag. But how did you specifically handle uh, taking everything you needed to take with you for your prelims? Definitely plan ahead. Make a list of everything you need and check it a million times. Mm-hmm. After the first four or five times you get a system down, uh, I like to making sure everything is fresh and laundered, wash your drag, and also making sure that you don't have holes in what you're traveling with. Bring a little sewing kit just in case you need to mend something. 
and just plan ahead and organize what you're going to do. Um, know ahead of schedule what outfits you need. Think of how much space you have. Uh, check what airline you're flying on, if they have free baggage or not, and plan accordingly. Um, luckily, a lot of things are booked with Southwest, and so you got your two free bags plus your two carry-ons. Now, you can't – that's hard to carry everything all at once. But if you have a friend that's able to get it to, you know, the check-in counter, usually a promoter picks you up and they can help you with your baggage. But try to pack as right. light as possible, but don't feel like you need to skimp out on your scrimp on your drag. Uh, definitely plan for the inevitable. Plan an extra number. Bring an extra gown just in case something doesn't fit or there's a hole. Um, and bring, like, an extra tip-around look. Right. Okay. That makes and, sense. I can agree with all that. Yeah, and, and, re- and utilize, especially when it comes to hair, Find things and learn some skills. Wear hair like at the beginning of the night that's a down do. And and mm-hmm. then at the end of the night, tease it real quick and throw it up in a updo for your crown. And oh, and, dub- and double up on things. Use things more than once that won't look like you're using it more than once. Right. And also when you're trying to get so many different things, you don't want to wear the same thing a lot of times in a row. If you're so or know someone that sews, Find a dress pattern that is that looks good on you and make it in six different colors or six different fabrics. And you know that it's going to okay. fit. You know that it's going to fit or a dance Leo. And just make it in multiple shades and stone it differently, embellish it differently. Maybe put a ruffle here or a belt with this or a buffle with that. And you really are utilizing what you have in the multiple ways. And right. the... And it'll look fresh each time. So that's something that I would do as someone who has learned and didn't get to do all of that at the beginning because I wasn't a smart girl and didn't ask questions. So I'm saying ask questions. Um, That's something I would recommend doing because it's definitely helped me since then. And also, traveling with your crown, never let it out of your sight or out of your hands. If for some reason there is not room in the overhead to store because I had a big I had a crown case that was also a makeup case and jewelry case that I would take mm-hmm. on and put in the overhead and occasionally flights would be so full and I would be on the last boarding group and there wasn't room for it so they ha- would have to check it and that I literally had to go to the bathroom and throw up multiple times because I was so nervous that that was going to have to happen and so finally before I actually checked it I took my crown out and just carried my crown on the sh- on the plane with me and sat in my lap the whole time. Now, everybody on the plane wanted to take a picture with me and my crown, and that was cool because I got to tell them about who I was. But right. don't check your crown. Don't wrap it up in towels and put it in a duffel bag. It, you worked really, really hard to get this beautiful symbol of excellence. Treat it that way. Absolutely. And that goes for any crown, really, oh, either a state any, crown or a regional crown. Or a little bar Just any crown. Your, oh, yeah, Yeah, absolutely. take care of it. and. And also, things will happen to crowns. A stone will come out. Something will chip. Mm-hmm. Just send it back to the jeweler as soon as you can. And if they're a reputable, reputable jeweler, and all of the jewelers that work with national titles are, they will fix it oh, yeah. for you and ship it back to Absolutely. you. Absolutely. So let's skip ahead to final night of Miss Gay USA Newcomer 2019. You've done all your prelims, you've fulfilled your duties, you've watched, you've entertained. They are 
about to announce you on for your final performance as Miss Gay USA Newcomer 2018. What are you feeling during this significant moment? I had to pee. I have a small bladder, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I was I was exhausted. It was a long week, but it was it was an exa- exhaustion coming from an overwhelming sense of gratitude and right. humility and love and a little bit of sadness um, just from how much support that I was receiving. And it, it was just a really nice moment. Um, and being able to look out at everyone lining up to greet me and say goodbye and great job, um, seeing all the friends I had made that year and friends I made the year before that came back to support me and just see what an impact I was able to make and also see what an impact all these other people made on me was really exciting. It was just really exciting and humbling at the same time. And it was really hard to not cry. And I'm pretty sure I cried like a baby and everyone was giving me a tissue, but um, it, it was, it was just really touching and heartfelt and um, I'm getting worked up over here. I cry at the drop of the hat. So, um, but it was, just, it was just really lovely. That, yeah. It, and your, your step down, your final night stuff was amazing. Cause you did what little newcomer for the open, or the little newcomer for the presentation. Yes, We did an underwater theme and it was a little newcomer and I did a whole and aquatic I wore, thing. I tapped, yeah. I did little mermaid under this, like a pop version of under the and sea. The, all the formers at that time wore, uh, they were mermaid all mermaids. Gowns. Mm-hmm. And then I all the, that. and then all the national court wore, uh, they were all underwater royalties. They all wore aquatic mm-hmm. uh, things. Why I'm an yeah. angel were like sexy sailors. Ugh, got oh, me. Yeah. It was nice. Very but, that. Very fun. But they, it was just, it was really cute. Um, I, I had a good time. It was very me. It was very, it was just very fun. It was very theater. Yeah, it, it, plus, it was definitely that. Plus, I loved all of the contestants being so creative with their presentation looks in how they each did under the sea. It, it was really, really fun seeing how everyone interpreted that and just got to have fun with it. Oh yeah. It was definitely fun for me because I wore something that um, I've had for a while that was given to me by a very, very dear friend. Um, it was very simple, but I felt beautiful in it. So, I, and it was definitely fun watching the other, my fellow sisters and contestants um, and see what they brought in. What is your advice for any future contestant for Miss Gay USA Newcomer? Be yourself and be true to who you are. Don't try to fit a mold or do something you think is going to impress the judges. The judges are going to be Mm -hmm. impressed if you're having fun and they can tell you're being genuine and enjoying pageantry and enjoying and performing and doing what you do. Don't think you have to impress the judges. Impress yourself and be happy with what you do and that will score better than trying to pander or play to the judges that's that's the biggest thing but then also prepare rehearse pack early start early Bury that just get out a notebook and say this is what i need for interview this is what i need for gown and prepare to the last pair of pantyhose like and have everything packed and ready to go that's the biggest thing i can say is organization will make you not only prepared, but also calm during the week of 
patch of the national because you'll know everything oh, yeah. is there and you won't be stressed and you won't be having to finish stowing things in your hotel room all week like I did. Uh, so, yeah. And a lot of the advice I give is because I know from personal experience I didn't do that. And it's what I would do over again. And that's why I know how things would help. Right. Is there anything you would advise against or for while competing with the system? Ooh. Advise against. Don't lie. Don't don't lie. In interview, we can tell if you're not telling the truth about something. Uh, and it also goes for being on stage. Don't be dishonest with the performance. And and that it goes again when I say don't be dishonest. Don't try to be an entertainer that you're not. Don't try to be somebody else. Be who you are and be truthful with that. And watch what you say on social media. Um, it, it may not affect judging, but it will affect your public reputation, especially when you mm -hmm. get to nationals and you have all these contestants and promoters that have seen what you've been saying all year, and then you have to be in a room with them. You want to have the best time you can. Don't let stupid quips on social media dictate how people feel about you before they met you. Right. I kind of want to add on to that. Go for it. So speaking from personal experiences, be mindful of what you say and, and how you act at the nationals, even while you're not competing. Exactly. Because every single person is watching you, whether you realize it or not. <laughs> and that is a lesson I had to learn the hard way. Yes. Um, me and my team, whenever we were there performing on our talent night, I told them, do not talk about anybody else's talent. Do not talk about anybody else's talent, no matter, even if you like it or if you hate it or you just want to go get a drink at the bar. Your opinions do not need to come out of your mouth until next week. Very because bad. you don't know who you're standing beside. Um, someone I do not know and still to this day do not know who, but when I was doing gown my first night, um, my mom was standing there. No one knew who the hell Judy was at that point. And somebody very loudly right beside my mother said that I looked like a drunk Bambi walking on stage, <gasps> which was probably true. It probably was true. But they said that. And my mom just, my mom is so non-confrontational. She just started crying. And oh, so, no. Um, yeah, because I came off stage and went to the dressing room and saw my mom, and she just had tears in her eyes. And I was like, did I do good? And she's like, I don't think they like you. And I'm like, what do you mean? Ah, so rude. It, <laughs> yeah, it was just it, – she was just so sad that someone would be so mean. And so it may not affect judging, but just be aware of what you're saying and who you're saying it to and where you're at. Um, yeah, just how about we just all be adults? Let's let's be all good adults, just like how they taught us to be in second grade. Oh, and that brings me to uh, I guess my little speech, my baby ass speech that I gave the final night um, at uh, awards in the afternoon before we did final night. I remember. Uh, <laughs> the last thing I said was, "If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all." I think that that phrase is absolute and utter bullshit. Um, oh. If you can't say something nice, find something nice to say and say that. There's no reason you should have negative thoughts in your head. And Absolutely. that's what I, And that is how I left. That is what I said. If I'm going to be remembered for anything, 
I want to be remembered for being the kind queen. I don't care if I'm the most talented. I don't care if I'm the prettiest. I want to be remembered that I was kind and treated everyone with respect. And I really tried to do that. So that's, I think that's so important. Be kind, everyone. And it's, and it shows you are a very kind person and it definitely showed um, during your reign and, and during the national competition. um, Yeah, it it definitely shows you are definitely one of the, I want to say one of the nicest people I've ever had the pleasure of encountering whether, so whether we sweet. were competing with one another or if you were uh, uh, at the prelim. I mean, you just are absolutely genuine and an absolutely amazing performer. And it was so lucky to see you during your reign and how you handled things. Thank you. Um, I do believe that's going to conclude our little interview. And with that um, knock at the door, that concludes your interview. Is there anything you'd like yes! to discuss with this? Yes. Oh my God. Has it shown that I sat through a million interviews? Jesus. Girl. If, uh, how many times did you hear that knock on that door? <laughs> my God. And now that I'm judging pageants, it's like, okay, great. <laughs> Very bad. Well, normally it was me always knocking on the door because the reigning queen's times times interview. Right, 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 right. But um, I do want to say I, I very much appreciate you being on my show. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. This is fun just chit-chatting. Bye, everybody. Thanks for having me, Laura. Thank you. To my audience, please stay tuned for more National Tea Time with Aloy O'Shaughnessy.